Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we're in the book of Revelation, chapter 20. Now, just about everyone has wondered from time to time, what happens after life here is over? Is there an afterlife, or do we just cease to exist? Is there a heaven? Is there a hell? And if there are, how do we get to heaven? Because that sure sounds a lot better than what has been said about hell. Well, God has given us clear answers to all of these questions. The truth is, all people everywhere, in every time since the beginning, lives live well and lives lived poorly. People we would describe as good and people we would describe as bad all end up here, either at the end of Revelation chapter 20, at the great white throne judgment, or in chapter 21, the lake of fire or heaven. Now, some think that as long as your good deeds outweigh your bad, you will surely be one of the good people who get into heaven. But is that right? What are the criteria for entering heaven? Well, Pastor Harris will mine these verses, 15 through the end of the chapter, and by the end of the week, we'll all be reminded that it comes down to which of two books contains our name. Here is today's part of the message entitled, The Second Death. And can, a, can an unsaved person do something good? Yeah, sure. Well, they do all time. Uh, but will it outweigh their sins? No. Because if you've ever broken one of God's laws once in one circumstance, you are guilty of being a breaker of God's law. And that's the standard, perfection. Now notice death and Hades here are personified. That's a literary device where you speak of an abstract noun as if it is a person. They will have to yield up the dead that have been there all of that time. The same idea continues in the terribly somber and direct words which wrap up this chapter. We've seen the throne. We've met the judge. We've seen all the unrighteous dead and the books containing the record of all their deeds. We've seen the book of life, which is there. We've seen the judgment of them based upon what is in the books. And then comes the sentence. Jesus told us exactly what would happen in the famous words that I already pointed you to today. He said, an hour is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear shall live. John 5.25, then he goes on. Do not marvel at this, verse 28 of John 5, for an hour is coming in which all who are in the tombs shall hear his voice and shall come forth, those who did the good deeds to a resurrection of life. That's the first resurrection we saw here in chapter 20. Those who, did, those who committed the evil deeds to a resurrection of judgment. And you say, oh, wait a minute, I, I'm, I've committed evil deeds. How am I going to get in on the first resurrection? Well, salvation is by grace through faith plus nothing. Salvation is the perfect righteousness of Christ credited to your account with all of your sin taken away and credited to His account, and He died for it on the cross. So you're left with His righteousness. Yes, you have committed evil deeds, but they have been forgiven. 
washed away. But those who stand to have that proverbial scale weigh their good deeds versus their bad are going to be perhaps shocked to find out the standard is perfect righteousness and they don't meet up. So yes, we look forward to a resurrection of life, but here's the other side of the story, verse 14 of Revelation 20. And death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. The second death refers to eternal death. Here's a very short course in the biblical concept of death. The word is used different ways. The essence of death is separation. The separation of the soul or spirit from the body is called physical death. When a person dies physically, only the the physical stuff is left behind. The person is elsewhere in the place of the dead. The separation of you from God, that is spiritual death. We are all, we were all, apart from Christ, dead in our trespasses and sins. Have you noticed that the main characteristic of a dead body is no activity and no response? There's nothing going on and you don't get a response to any stimulus. So a person is dead in their trespasses and sins, that person is not responding to God. And there is not spiritual life going on in that person. So there's physical death, there's spiritual death, and if you die physically while you are in the state of spiritual death because you've not been saved by grace through faith, you will then be separated from God forever in the lake of fire. This is the second death or eternal death. Now, most bumper stickers, if they touch on theology, are pretty lame. There's one that got this one right and encapsulates this truth about being spiritually dead unless or until you are born again by faith. You've probably seen it. Born once, die twice. Born twice, die once. That's a good way to remember it. If you are born physically and born again spiritually, yes, you will die and it will be a promotion for you. If you are born only physically and you are never born again spiritually, you will die physically and you will be at the great white throne momentarily and then you will be in the lake of fire. Now at this point you might be tempted to think that this is pretty harsh. Thousands upon thousands of people even reject this crystal clear teaching of the Bible because it offends their concept of a loving God. Please, resist the temptation to ignore this or to minimize this. Yes, God is love, but God is also holy. And righteous. And in his great love, he provided a way for us to come to him, which also satisfies the righteous demands of his holiness. He sent his son, who lived a perfect life, to die in your place. Remember what we said about the book of life? Let me say it again. The book of life originally contained the names of all for whom Christ died, the whole world. He is the propitiation for the sins of the whole world. But at the judgment of the great white throne, 
when the only way to escape that judgment is to have your name written in the book of life, there will be a blank space where the name once was of every person who never believed in Christ for salvation. God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son so that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. The only way you will experience the lake of fire is if you do not accept the free gift of life in Christ Jesus. And that's why the final verse of this chapter says what it says. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. God is not unfair. God is not unjust. God is not arbitrary. God is not capricious. You receive his son. His righteousness is applied to you and you're saved. Or, you can stand before Him. They can look down all the list of all of those names in the book of life, and if yours is not there, they can say, okay, well then let's consult the other books and see if you were perfect. Because that's the only way to get in. You know, um, it's one of those passages that I would never choose to make my choice to preach to my friends in my church where I fellowship? Because I don't want to believe that there's one single person here that needs to hear this message, but maybe there is. Maybe it's you. When we speak of being saved, what are we talking about? We're talking about being saved from the lake of fire. How is the lake of fire described? Conscious, eternal torment, day and night, forever and ever, that you will reap because of your sin. Are you saved? Are you sure? You know, it's popular in our world, in the world of uh, American churchianity, to kind of water down things like sin and righteousness and judgment. And now pastors are actually trained to go out and reach the unchurched. I promise you, at the great white throne, there will not be a question that says, have you received church into your life? Have you trusted church? Now, I don't like the fact that there are so many unchurched. I don't like the fact that we live in a part of the country where the lowest percentage of people even attend church And yes, I wish that we needed to have 17 services a week to to fill this place to capacity until we could find something bigger. Yes, I want people in church. Why? Because church is where the saved people come to worship and fellowship and provoke each other to love and good deeds and to be taught and encouraged and built up and and, and nourished and and cared for and, and, and helped through their hard times. But we don't need people to get churched. We need people to get saved. And if anyone's name is not found written in the book of life, they'll be thrown into the lake of fire. This week, a friend of mine sent me an excerpt from a sermon from 
undoubtedly the most well-known, the most famous preacher of the If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.